Yes, you've arrived at the Legend Podcast at DaxMyHand.com. How did I become a legendary sports figure? How does anyone become legendary? It starts with a coach. Join us as we have conversations with coaches of all ages, experience, and expertise, and find out what does it take to lead athletes to legendary stats. Goal by my hand, a three-point goal for Dax my hand. I just got chill up. All the experiences I had in basketball, I go back to my days playing high school basketball was the strongest relationships, the best teammates I ever had mm-hmm. uh, was, was when I was in high school. I think it's it's critical, you know, mm-hmm. as far as from a leadership standpoint is it's not so much where are you now, but where where are you where are you headed, where are you going? Mm-hmm. Obviously not at the end of your career, but looking back on your career, at this point, if you were to say that's the one thing that really stands out to me or that I remember or maybe kind of the highlight, what would be the one thing that you would you would talk about that, that you take out of your career? I think for me just being able to be successful uh, over the long haul. You know, you see a lot of people in coaching and you see a lot of people in life in general that they have a couple good years and then you don't hear much from them. And, yeah. and you know, I think about this sometimes. Basket or sports in general is kind of a unique deal. If, if you win too much, you are presented better, better opportunities or different opportunities. If you don't win enough – then you know what happens then so uh it's interesting i I think the the thing i'm most proud of dax is Mm -hmm. that is that i've been able to be successful over the long haul and you look at you look at wins and losses and and i guess i guess too maybe in some places that traditionally uh hasn't won and so i'm very proud of that and and i think i think it's easy for somebody to come in and get in a great situation and do well for a year or two but to be able to do it over 19 years or 20 years i think that you know that uh that's select company to be in Mm -hmm. people that can do that and so i guess that's probably the the thing i'm most thankful of and you know it kind of goes back to that thing we were talking about a coach if if you were going to hire a coach you know what 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 are you really looking for are you looking for the guy that's trendy and has been good for a few years mm-hmm. are you looking at a guy that's won in multiple places mm-hmm. over a consistent amount of time yeah uh we don't always see that in the world we live in now it's yeah. it's what have you done for me lately you win a couple of years and you get million dollar contracts mm-hmm. uh but I guess the thing I'm most proud of is that we've been able to do it consistently mm-hmm. for a long time. You know, going back to your – you're talking about the, the moment at Webster when you thought, what have I done? <laughs> uh, let me take that a step further. Was there a point in your in that career – because obviously you had doubts. Hey, I don't know. I'm right. stepping off into the unknown. Was there a point where you realize, you know, I've got this. I've got this figured out. Or I, I, I believe this is – I'm on the – I've picked the right career. It's hard to think – uh, that you ever really feel like that you're in the driver's seat because you're dealing with 15, 16, 17-year-old kids. Uh, so there's a certain element of inconsistency there. It's, you're not dealing with 25, 30-year-old mm-hmm. folks. Uh, so there's always that element. And then, mm-hmm. you you know, you you just feel like that you get a system that works for you mm-hmm. and you can't control injuries, you can't control kids quitting and not, mm-hmm. you know, not playing, that type of stuff. I, I know, I guess, probably my... I want to say my sixth or seventh game as a head coach, uh, we got beat by 40. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, we were down 37. And I remember this like it was yesterday. This was this has been 
19 years ago. And we're down 37 points to Henderson. You know, Webster County had not beaten Henderson in, I don't know, 15 years. They're up 37. And we got all the subs in, and they throw it three-quarter court. And a guy should have let the time run out, but he dribbles in and just kind of lays it up, and we foul him. The ref shouldn't have called the foul, but he does. And so he makes the free throw, and they just make it an even 40. And I walked out of there thinking, man, why didn't I get into selling cars or administration or something where I don't have that scoreboard glaring and I don't have to go tell people what happened. Yeah. Um, but then when you when you stay at it and you stay consistent, you know, the next time we played Interstate, beat us 14. Mm-hmm. Well, the following year, we beat them twice. So I got to see that. I think that's probably that second year we went when we won 22 games at Webster. I felt like this is something that maybe I can stay in. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I can do this over the long haul. Because yeah. if you look at the percentages, most coaches don't they don't stay in it for the long haul. Yeah, it's okay. tough. It's a tough. Mm-hmm. It's a tough job, yeah. especially especially basketball. Well, and you know, you come from a good coaching tree. I was coach Hatch. Well, you know, uh, something that just occurred to me. You know, sitting here and and you know, it may this may lead down a, a dead end. <laughs> this may lead down a dead end, but. Uh, you know, you're you are in a college town and Murray State is obviously you played at Murray State, it's very successful mid major college basketball team. Do you have any relations with any of the coaches in the past here in Murray or have you do you interact with them at all? Yeah, I mean it, it varies. You know, I, I guess having been at Callaway counting this year for nine years now, uh, we've had probably four different coaches that were here during my time at Callaway and and they're all different. You know, some uh, some um, Steve, Steve Prom was great. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we text and mm-hmm. congratulated us when we won the region. And the coach, how you doing? You know, we and um, the coach they have there now is is maybe even be better at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, very personable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so yeah, we we um, we have good relationships. I think with the university coaches, and we we support each other. And at the end of the day, we're all just coaches. Mm-hmm. You know, some some make more money than others, and <laughs> yeah. But Steve uh, Promway makes way more yeah, money yeah. than some of them. Not uh, many guys get a million dollar raise, you yeah. know. But uh, yeah, yeah. But it, but it's exciting coaching in a town that loves basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know this uh, Murray um, and this past year, you know the getting to the finals against Murray for the fourth time. Mm-hmm. You know when all the community got to come to the CFSB Center for the two high schools and of course the success Murray State had. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a great year for basketball in our in our town. Yeah, you know uh, I'll throw a personal memory at at you. You know, I recall your first regional title. I was in the stands. I had moved back from Mississippi, and uh, I remember sitting up in the stands watching you. And, you know, you were really the first coach uh, that I knew well or that, you know, other than just coaches that were around that had done well. And I remember, you know, you were at Callaway because I was a Marshall County guy. But I recall the pride that I felt that, you know, I know that guy. I mean, he we, we fought wars together. Uh, you know, uh, and, and it was it really I enjoyed your winning the region. It was almost as if I had had been a part of it, even right. though I obviously right. wasn't. But uh, you know, I'm very proud of you when you did that. Well, I appreciate it, and you know, it, it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. When uh, that's what athletics does. Yeah. You know, you form lifelong friendships, and and you know 
um, whether you know anything else about me, you mm-hmm. know that I went through some tough times. Yeah. yeah. And I know you went through some tough times. Yeah. And you, you can, it's easy to cheer for people when you know that, hey, mm-hmm. I know what they've been through. Yeah. Well, let's talk about some of your uh, former teammates. What about Popeye Jones? Uh, do you, you have any contact with Popeye or got any good every Popeye stories for well, us? Well, uh, I, I talk to Pop every once in a while. You know, he was my sweet mate at Murray mm-hmm. State, and, and uh, uh, don't don't see him very often now and don't talk to him very much now with, with his career and so forth. But I did go out and stay in Dallas with him for four or five days when he played for the Mavericks and really, really opened my eyes to what, you know, the the NBA lifestyle, these guys, man, it's just uh, they make so much money. And, you know, here's here's an interesting thing that I thought was interesting anyway is they don't pay for anything either. I mean, yeah. they basically have no expenses because everybody wants them in their restaurants. Mm-hmm. So they give them a card, hey, eat here anytime you want to. Yeah. So not only are they making millions – but they're not buying anything either. They get free clothes, free food. Uh, interesting story, Dax, and, mm-hmm. and I know you'll, you'll like this because you're a sports guy, but when I was out there with Pop, uh, this was about 1992, uh, 93, somewhere in there. I can't remember the exact year, but it was his rookie year. And I was out there, and he went to practice, and his fiance uh, said, I want to take you to meet my son's godfather. Uh, and I said, okay, well, great. So we went out there, and we go in this warehouse, and, and uh, she said, I think you'll know him. And he comes out, and it's Tony Dorsett. Wow. So, yeah, I mean. TD. TD. And he comes out, shakes my hand, all five foot eight of him. But, I mean, <laughs> built like a pit bull. With thighs yeah, as wide. Neck, yeah. just, yeah. But, uh, and, you know, the. so I, I'll never forget that. He signed a, a picture for me, and, you know, I thought that was a big deal. and and uh, but, but I got a chance to meet a lot of uh, – Good, good players, and see a lot of good players with Popeye. Yeah, any uh, any memorable experiences, whether at Western or Murray, that anything pops to your mind you would you'd want to talk about? Well, I mean, I, I played with some terrific players, mm-hmm. and, and uh, some of the some of the guys that we competed against for other teams. You know, Dan mm-hmm. Marley, for example, uh, D. Brown played it at mm-hmm. uh, Jacksonville, who was in our conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rex Chapman, uh, uh, Purvis Ellison. I mean, it goes on and on, and. And uh, Chris Gatling played at Old Dominion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I mean, it, uh, and then in the NCAA tournament, we played Michigan State, had Steve Smith. Yeah. And uh, we played Alabama my second year at Murray. And they had Robert Ory, Latrell, Spe- Latrell Sprewell, uh, Melvin Cheatham. I mean, uh, they were uh, James Hollywood Robinson, who was a fantastic player. Yeah. So I've got a chance to see basketball uh, at a very high level, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. as far as that goes. And, and I – you know, I I guess my playing days too in high school. You know, I had some of the best yeah. teammates about, I've ever talk had. Talk about the uh, you know the one that jumps out that I recall. Uh, talk about the state tournament game. You and Alan Houston going at it. Talk about that. Yeah, that was a that was an interesting night for sure. And and um, you know, it's funny uh, the times that we've been fortunate enough to make it to the state tournament. When I talk with Mike Fields, who just retired, mm-hmm. uh, that's the first thing he always wanted to ask me. You know, he used to joke about it. Put uh, he did a top sixteen list, sixteen unusual things, and he uh, said one year that uh, I had tattooed the number 35 on my ankle, 35, 34. And the kids were actually asking me, did you do that? And I was like, no, uh, show me your ankle. So I had to show them. But, uh, and, you know, this past year he brought it up again, and and uh, I never said anything to my team about it. So they didn't know mm-hmm. some of the guys on the team, and they were asking me about it. But it was a fun night. You know, we, we led uh, – that was a heartbreaking I, – I guess looking back on it, 
uh, that was one of the hardest losses I've ever had. Oh, yeah. You know, we we led for 31 minutes and 54 seconds. Yeah, that's right. And we lost it in the final six seconds. But uh, that game, and and I tell tell the kids, you know, if you get a chance to get to the state tournament, number one, it's it's the pinnacle in Kentucky, yeah. and number two, if you're good enough, it'll it'll really open a lot of doors for you. Yeah, it really will. And uh, it opened them for Skyler and, and Parker Adams had lots of opportunities chose to go to uk just to be a student but mm-hmm. had the 31 points in that first game but yeah alan houston um we we really had a, a shootout that Whoa. night and and uh but he was just a sophomore that's yeah, the thing yeah you know I, I had a front row seat to that yeah. as did as did shane <laughs> yeah uh, shane had a front row seat he was in the corner but yeah. we were on the sideline but yeah uh you know i remember when alan was in the nba and scoring like crazy and I was living in Mississippi at the time, and you know, not exactly the basketball mecca. Right. But I would tell friends of mine we'd we'd be at a softball game or somewhere watching a TV, and I'd say, I "Had a teammate outscored him <laughs> in a game," you know. And so, yeah. so we I brought you up quite a bit there, and uh, and that you know, and I and I guess too, that's the moment for me at Marshall County where I realized winning a state tournament was within our reach. Yeah, yeah. because obviously they, they sh- you know had a shot to win it that year. They win it the next right. year, and then. You know, and, and then we had a pretty good run and had a shot to win it. So, I yeah. mean, that, that's when you really realize the first region does have the talent to win a state tournament. Well, you also realize a point that you mentioned earlier is what are your young kids seeing? Yeah. You know, and that feeds into that winning mentality of, mm-hmm. okay, you know, we saw this group do it. Now we want our shot. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but but that was an interesting night, you know, and, and uh, it was a heartbreaking loss. But uh, my door really opened mm-hmm. after that game. Western really got on board mm-hmm. and really picked up the recruiting. Murray State offered me. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were several schools across the country. I flew out to a couple visits, and mm-hmm. it, was a, it was a fun time. You know, not winning stunk, mm-hmm. but – uh, playing the way that I was able to play, um, I guess, was kind of some icing on the cake. Yeah. Talk, you know, talk about that. That was one question I had. So talk about uh, maybe the what you would want a, a student or an athlete who is being recruited by maybe some big-time schools. Talk about some things that, that maybe were eye-opening to you or, or maybe give some advice to somebody, you know, about how they should handle a recruitment like that. Because, you know, that's a pretty unusual thing. And before you answer that question, I'll tell a quick story of mine. Uh, when I was in Mississippi, uh, in my factory, we had a, uh, we had a uh, man that worked there who had a really talented football-playing son. Uh, his name was Romero Miller. And a lot of people may you may remember that name. He was the starter in front of Eli Manning at Ole Miss, his uh, Eli's freshman year. And I remember it was funny when he was being recruited. His dad came to me and said, "Hey, you played college sports. Tell me about recruiting." And I said, "You know, honestly, I <laughs> didn't quite get recruited to the level that he's being yeah, recruited. But yeah. but talk about that. What, what advice would you give a family or a player?" Uh, as to how to handle those that uh, situation. Well, it, 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 the the biggest piece of advice that I, I would give is to is to explore all options. You know, you know, kids now get caught up in this. Is it is it Division One? Is it Division Two? And I got caught up in that, but uh, I'm not sure I made the right decision out of high school. Looking back on it, uh, probably would have been better suited going somewhere um, that suited my skill set a little better. I mean, I played in 50 plus games at Western, but it was always just in a you know, just a, a blend in role. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I think, um, keeping your options open, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times a school will call and if it's not a school, they know they're like, eh, 
but what I tell them is when the dust settles and, you know, you shake all the sugar off these, off these opportunities, it may be the only one left. Mm-hmm. Because by the time you get all the way through your senior year and they've had all the film that they need and they've seen you play live, they've come and watched you practice, you might not be what they're looking for. Or they might have another kid that's already committed. Mm-hmm. So I went through that this year with Skyler. You know, uh, uh, he had some schools that were wanting to fly him, wanting to fly him out there and visit, and he just wasn't interested. He kept asking me, "What do you think?" He even had a couple schools, Dax, that said, "Hey, we're going to give you till Friday." Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said, he asked me, what do you think? And I said, hey, man, if the University of Kentucky or Duke University is saying you got to Friday, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But a Division three school that mm-hmm. has 25 people at their games is telling you got to Friday, I wouldn't sweat it. Yeah. And so, um, but there's no real answer. You know, it's really mm-hmm. just what you feel comfortable with. I know Skyler chose Bellarmine, and, mm-hmm. and it's interesting, small world here. You know who the coach at Bellarmine Scotty is? Davenport. Scotty Davenport. Yeah. Who was the coach at Louisville, Louisville Ballard. Ballard yeah. when we played him in the state tournament. Yeah. So uh, we, we – And being really successful at Bellarmine. Very, yeah, won yeah. a national championship. Yeah, And, right. uh, of course, it was interesting when Skyler went up there to visit, you know, he, the coach brought up that game. Mm-hmm. You know, asked coach about that game. You know, he played good, but we beat him. <laughs> did, did you did you find out uh, how much he paid the refs that game? No, nah, somebody needed to, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, it's – um, the way it is now – is if you're good enough, they're going to find you. Right. And, you know, you can go to these AAU things and you can play and you can put up big numbers. But, you know, when it comes down to how do you play against the teams that know you mm-hmm. and take away your strengths, mm-hmm. are you still able to compete at a high level? So, And that's that's another question I had down here for you. AAU circuit, you know, I, I, have, a, I have a thought from a baseball perspective. Uh, now the big thing is showcases. You know, you pay money – for a coach to watch you play. And so I guess, you know, kind of the basketball equivalent, although you're not maybe paying, is the AAU circuit. Talk about the AAU circuit. And I liked what you said about if you can play, they will find you. That's what I – that's my advice to mm-hmm. uh, baseball parents. Uh, you know, if you're if you're that good, they're going to find you. But, but talk about that, the AAU circuit, and, and exactly what you said about – Well, I have, I have mixed feelings on AAU. Sometimes I think it's really good. Sometimes I don't. I've had some players – uh, Dax said it really helped. It really it helped their game evolve. Mm-hmm. And I've had some where, you know, I think it took them backwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, AAU, here's what I'll tell you about AAU, the biggest thing, and I don't know if it's like this in baseball, mm-hmm. but in basketball, the biggest thing is the coach. Mm-hmm. If you have an AAU coach that is a real coach, then – I'm fine with it. If it's a dog and pony show Mm -hmm. and it's just run down and shoot and don't guard and don't compete, Mm -hmm. um, I'd rather my kids not play in it. I think the one thing that it does good is that they get better competition than they can get here Mm -hmm. on a more consistent basis. I think the bad thing about AAU is that they get burnout. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if they play three or four years of AAU, 40 games on top of what we're playing, mm-hmm. you know, we've had kids play 80, 90 games in the summer. Wow. And basketball's different. You know, yeah. it's a lot of running. It's, it's, it's hard, hard, it's on, hard the on you. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, you kind of lose some passion, mm-hmm. uh, lose the spirit of, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's funny. I, I use that word spirit. When I got to Western, I, I drove under the, when I, mom and dad took me up there the first day and I drove under the railroad 
thing in Bridge, and they had a big sign, Western, that said, The Spirit Makes the Master. And I joke, it took me two years to figure out what that meant. Uh, I just thought about that a lot. But, you know, you have to have passion. You have to have spirit. If you're really going to master something, you have to you have to want to do it. Mm-hmm. And you have to have a drive to be there. And I think I think I see a lot with kids that play all the time mm-hmm. that they lose that spirit. Yeah. They lose that passion. It just becomes going through the motions. Yeah. And um, there's nothing really to look forward to mm-hmm. like there was when we played. Yeah. Well, Terry, you know, uh, appreciate the time you've given us. Uh, uh, really glad. You know, one of the things that we we hope to do with this podcast is uh, lay some leadership principles out there for people. And, you know, the bulk of this interview, we that's what we've talked about is leadership. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you brought to us exactly what we were looking for. And, man, we appreciate the time you've given us and, uh, you know, and, and just can't thank you enough. And then, you know, again, it was great to see you too. You know, we're, yep. we've, we played together, old teammates. And it's, it's really, I know uh, for Shane and I both, very gratifying to go talk to people that we know really well and and you know it's just having a conversation but recording it so i appreciate your time man. well i appreciate it Uh, appreciate both of you guys and and uh always love talking basketball Mm -hmm. and leadership and and things so i so i've enjoyed it yeah you know of all the of all the years i played basketball my best teammates are right there at marshall county yeah they really were well talk talk about some of those guys you know i i tell people all the time jeff stokes uh, Michael Cross and I know you you were you were younger, younger. yeah but the, younger. but the guys on that especially my senior year uh Michael Cross Jeff Stokes Mitch Cothern John Solomon mm-hmm. I mean um you know Dan Hall Aaron Beth you mm-hmm. uh and there's some others but we yeah. uh we just had a you know when I got to Western uh Dax it, it, it two things one is I thought after practice my first day of practice I thought is this it cuz you know <laughs> I've been through these three-hour grind physical fights, um, and then I with got, the emphasis on fight. Yeah, and I got through my first Division One practice, and I remember walking the dressing room, going, "Guys, this it." Uh, now later, I would find out that it was way more. You know, study halls and weights and self development during the day classes. I asked the coach first week at West. I said, "Why do they call them the Hilltoppers?" He said, "You'll figure it out," because we lived up here and the gym was down here, uh, but. When I got to college, I realized for the first time that, man, uh, we don't have that team that we had at Marshall. You know, we if I got beat off the dribble and my guy went baseline, somebody was going to be there to help me. Mm-hmm. When I got to Western, they dunked the ball. Mm-hmm. And the coach is wondering why you didn't stop him. Yeah. So, um, so, I mean, just great teammates. And, you know, you brought up Allen Houston earlier. Really, that was the first time playing with the guys we played with that, I felt helpless. Yeah, you know, it's the first time that Cross or Jeff, uh, Michael Cross or Jeff Stokes, neither one could do anything with him that night. Yeah, and it's the first time I had witnessed that because they were pretty good, pretty yeah. solid defensively. Which led to the joke uh, that Jeff Stokes held Allen Houston to thirty-four points, right? <laughs> Well, uh, I tell you what, when you look at Houston's resume yeah. from then on, you know, uh, that particular night, that was mm-hmm. his coming out party, you know. Yeah. You remember we had watched him on film a lot, and he'd have 12, 14. Mm-hmm. Good player, but yeah. and uh, he just uh, erupted on us that night. But, you know, to, to credit Jeff, the following year we played him in the LIT, 
and Jeff shut him down really good until, and I think, I believe Jeff fouled out and we fouled him. And I think he only had two or four points the whole game. And then he fouled out and we fouled Allen and he had hit like 45 free throws in a row and he makes two to send it to overtime and they beat us in overtime. So, so to give Jeff, you know, we, we bashed Jeff about the 34, (laughs) but he, the next year he did a great job uh, on him. If, if Michael Cross is listening, he was in on that a little Uh, bit. Yeah, that's true. But no, those guys of all the great, great players I played with and all the experiences I had in basketball, I go back to my days playing high school basketball was the strongest relationships, the best teammates I ever had uh, was was when I was in high school. And as hard as it was, it was fun, wasn't it? It was very fun. Yeah. Winning's fun. Yeah, you're you right. Know, it, you, can, you can work kids as hard as you want. If, if you win, it kind of trumps. 